Hello and welcome to Bruin 101, a daily Bruin podcast that is made by Bruins for Bruins. In this series, we help students and prospective students learn about and adapt to UCLA by providing insight into the school, sharing helpful tips, and discussing concerns. My name is Sam. And this is Fonda. And today we're talking with four UCLA TAs, also known as teaching assistants, about grad school, life as a TA, and more. Grad school and other postgraduate degrees are an integral part of being a TA, as UCLA offers the employment opportunity of being a teaching assistant to those who are enrolled in graduate programs at the school. To begin, we talked with Fielding School of Public Health graduate Anjali Patak about the first steps when you're thinking about pursuing grad school. When considering graduate school, you want to make sure you pick the best program for you, but this can oftentimes feel like a daunting task, especially when there are so many programs offered both nationally and internationally. If you don't know what you want to do and you're not sure what you want to go to grad school for, I think that's totally fine. The coolest thing to do is reach out to people who are in grad school for different things or the thing that you're interested in and just talk to them about their experience. Um, I think when you're looking for programs, just like just Google searching like the schools, like what they're about, reading who the faculty are, because at the end of the day, like compared to undergrad, grad school is like so much about like who is who is your advisor? Who are you working with? It's not always about the school. It's about the people that make up the school, the area that surrounds the school. Even after they decide on a program, some people may still fear the grad school environment because of the stigma surrounding the competitiveness of certain higher education opportunities, such as med school. Anjali shared her opinion of the environment. It was not toxic and everyone was just so passionate and like no one's trying to bring each other down. Everyone actually wants to help each other. It was comforting to hear from Anjali that most of these fears about grad school are overstated. We talked to another TA who has also enjoyed his postgrad degree. His name is Chris Park, and he is a chemical engineering PhD student and a teaching fellow. He spoke with us about pursuing a doctorate at UCLA. I was generally interested in like chemistry in general, and then I was um, considering between chemistry and chemical engineering. And then also I was um, recognizing myself more into like mathematics also. So I heard that like chemical engineering is the um, kind of like combination between uh, chemistry and mathematics. Um, so I decided to, okay, let me go to uh, engineering school to dig into more into like uh, mathematics. The TAs we spoke with taught a variety of courses. Some of these courses you may have taken. Uh, Chris teaches molecular biology for engineers, a graduate level class, while Anjali, Asha, and Supraja have all taught courses in the life science series, which is required for pre-med undergraduates. During our discussions with the teaching assistants, we learned more about what being a TA actually entails and how certain teaching assistant programs are structured. For example, Chris is involved in the Center for the Advancement of Teaching, an organization at UCLA which aims to foster teaching excellence, innovation, and inclusivity. The organization does this through activities like teaching improvement workshops, learning communities, and strengthening of TA training campus-wide. Chris explains the three levels of this program. If you just start teaching assistant, it's called teaching assistant. And after you have taught three quarters, and at your fourth quarter of teaching, you become teaching associate. And then after six times of teaching, so this is my seventh time. So I, bec- I just became a teaching fellow. So that's based on your um, you know, amount of quarters that you have taught in UCLA. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, it means that you taught a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris clearly enjoys being a TA, having taught seven courses. 
We also spoke with Fielding School Public Health graduate student Supraja Saravana Kumar, who initially became a TA for the extra income. But after teaching her first course, her perspective changed dramatically. It became so fruitful and like, okay, for example, explaining this concept to someone and then you kind of see this light of understanding in their eyes Mm -hmm. or you see folks like when I see y'all nodding your head (laughs) in class when something makes sense, Mm -hmm. that gives such a huge sense of satisfaction. Like it sounds very little, but it really does give that sense of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of last quarter, especially fall quarter at the end of it, I received a couple of, uh, and this was also, you know, during the strike where I kind of didn't yeah. get a chance to see all too much, but mm-hmm. I received all these emails from some of some of y'all. Um, and a lot of these people were first years, you know, fall quarter, first years, mm-hmm. fresh into college. Um, and they were saying that the space that was provided in the class for them, it was comfortable. Yeah. Um, they it was welcoming and like they felt okay to ask questions they or if anything they felt mm-hmm. motivated to ask questions and um and I was reading like my TA evals at the end of the quarter and mm-hmm. oh my goodness I made a whole like reflective TikTok out of it. Supraja also talked about why she enjoys teaching freshmen in particular. I feel like you mm-hmm. really get to see them in that you know, like everyone's new to campus and making that tiny little bit of difference in working with those students. Um, I, I don't know, I get this more, th- this gratifying feeling uh, of doing mm-hmm. LS7A fall quarter when everyone's new and yeah. Um, yeah, like maybe being able to provide that or give that hope of, okay, you know what, you're going to see other um, PAs or other professors or mentors mm-hmm. who will be there to guide you throughout your college giving them mm-hmm. that like motivation or hope in fall quarter as freshmen, it makes a difference mm-hmm. to me. So I might hope to do that again in fall quarter. Anjali seems to agree with Supraja's perspective on the TA program, noting that it has taught her to learn how to break down complex topics into things that are easier to understand for the undergraduates she teaches. However, we learned that being a TA does not come without its fair share of struggles, such as feeling unfamiliar with the content you are teaching, or feeling like you haven't mastered certain teaching techniques. Asha Sleiker, another Fielding School of Public Health graduate student, talked to us about navigating these struggles largely through receiving help from other faculty members. The faculty who organize the course, they have all of the materials ready for the TAs. They Mm -hmm. organize weekly TA meetings for us to thoroughly understand each week's material before Mm -hmm. presenting on it. Mm -hmm. Um, So even if there are some misunderstandings or if we don't have um, that prior experience with the material, we still mm-hmm. have that weekly TA meeting to discuss mm-hmm. concepts with the faculty and with fellow TAs who may have more experience. While being a TA can fulfill certain department requirements and provide personal fulfillment, many grad students mainly become a TA to generate income. The opportunity to be a teaching assistant provides UCLA students with financial compensation, such as tuition remission and covered health insurance under UC SHIP. However, in recent years, many of the difficulties of navigating a tight budget have become particularly pronounced in the wake of the emerging cost of living crisis in LA. Average TA wages come in at 23,000, which the federal government has determined is an unlivable salary for LA. As housing costs surged, many grad students in particular face a multitude of challenges surrounding rent burden. For Chris, who lives in housing designated for grad students, his rent totals to $1,400 a month. He is currently on the hunt for an apartment. During his search, he 
He has learned a rule of thumb to help manage his budget, which he shared with us. I was looking like Hollywood area and the hotel area, mm-hmm, but right. what they always say about like rental uh, contract condition is that your income, your gross income, has to be th- at least three times the rent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if I want to live in like a studio, like in Sotel, at least like 1500, that's the minimum. Mm-hmm. So I have to, my gross income per month has to be 4500, wow. which okay. is not eligible. Chris's recent promotion to his teaching fellow came with a raise, but even that wasn't enough to get him to his target income based on his rent. Asha also discussed her difficulties with living on a TA salary and told us how she sustains herself amidst LA's rising prices. Fortunately, I live in rent-controlled housing, so not okay. graduate student housing. The fee remissions from being a TA, mm-hmm. but also, again, mm-hmm. family support, um, some savings. Mm-hmm. Subraja also mentioned how LA's high cost of living was a huge pain point after she moved to Westwood. Moving here has been such a difference compared to where I was living before. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. One thing I would say is rent. I paid half the rent when I was living there as compared to here, mm-hmm. even though... Currently, the space is smaller and the parking mm-hmm. is also worse, <laughs> but um, still paying a higher rent. And yeah. um, second thing I would say is maybe car insurance, because uh, just because I moved here, my car insurance automatically jumped up around $300. And simply living near UCLA can oftentimes amplify the cost of basic needs in a variety of unexpected ways. I used to go to Walmart a lot back there because it's cheaper than other okay. stores. And it was also very close to where I used to live. And right now, from where I'm living, the closest Walmart is 25 minutes away by car. Uh, yeah, that's that's a distance. Supraja faces additional challenge, given that as an international student, her TA wages are entirely remitted to her tuition. Instead, she saves money by limiting the amount of time she dines out to once a week, specifically on Friday evening. Thinking about meal prepping when you're living on your own, that mm-hmm. would be a huge money saver. Um, second thing I would say is yes, meal prepping, but at the same time, set one of the days of the week. Like I like Friday because Friday means the end of the week. And, um, every Friday I would come home at night after work and I would always go grab food and either eat outside or bring it home and eat it. So Mm -hmm. I always looked forward to that because it was a celebration of the week being over. To cope with the increased financial burden, the TAs have adopted a variety of solutions to help them balance their budget. Anjali has taken up another part-time job as a tutor to add another source of income. She also suggests taking a break before starting grad school to boost finances by working full-time and living at home if possible. The TAs acknowledge that these cost-saving measures are not enough if the wages they make as a TA remain unfairly low. The rising frustration of TAs who did not earn enough to offset their daily expenses reached its breaking point in the academic worker strike in November of 2022, the largest in history. Asha faced a dilemma when deciding whether or not to participate in the strike, given her circumstances, but she ultimately joined the picket line after reflecting on its impact on the livelihood of her fellow grad students. Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking about the mothers that I saw at the picket line carrying their babies during Mm -hmm. the picket. Everyone Mm -hmm. has different circumstances. Some people Mm -hmm. don't have another job, and this is the way they make a living, and they can't compromise that. So. There are definitely so many perspectives to consider. Although UC academic workers received roughly a 50% pay increase after rounds of negotiations, according to Cal Matters, many of their needs are still unaddressed, which signifies that financial stressors will continue to be a large issue in years to come. 
It's also important to note that the financial struggles of TAs vary widely across departments. In particular, stipends for TAs in humanities discipline has remained notoriously lower than their fellow coworkers in STEM fields. Thus, if you're deciding whether to pursue grad school, it's equally important to consider both your academic interests and current financial situation before deciding to submit that application. But regardless of your postgrad plans, hopefully these budgeting tips can help you stay in the green. As both graduate students who have been in school for many years and teaching assistants who regularly interact with undergraduates and have witnessed what makes a student successful in a course, the four TAs we interviewed had plenty of good advice to share. When talking with Anjali, she discussed the importance of being present and advocating for oneself throughout undergrad. Being present in class takes you such a long way. I think that it's so hard to come out of a pandemic when we were fully on school, like through Zoom. Um, and so everyone is like so reliant on their laptops and I do it too. So I, I know, but like having your laptop open, it's very distracting. You can like switch through tabs. It's like so easy to like get unfocused. Um, and so really being like engaged in the activities that you're doing, like when your, you know, teacher, your professor, your TA says to have a discussion, um, like making sure you're actually having the discussion when you have like a midterm or a final or even a quiz or like a homework set, yeah. uh, I think like making sure you really understand like why you got an answer wrong, even if the test okay. is over, goes such yeah. a long way. Asha shared similar advice, emphasizing that students should not be afraid to reach out to faculty through email and other professionals in the field they want to pursue through a platform like LinkedIn. By utilizing these resources, students are able to get a better understanding of a certain program, job, or field. Piece of advice number one yeah. is reach, if you're interested in a specific graduate program, mm -hmm. a specific area of research, okay, um, a specific department, yeah. reach out early. Okay. It never hurts to cold email a professor or uh -huh. a grad student or someone uh -huh. you know in that field. Okay. Um, go to office hours, even if you don't have questions, yeah. just show up, see if other okay. students have questions, and then mm -hmm. ask those questions about what the faculty member is interested in researching. Use LinkedIn. LinkedIn is okay. an asset. It's such an asset, and I wish I would have used it more when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, I've really used it the past year looking for jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, but just messaging someone on LinkedIn or connecting with them at first and then messaging mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. um, Especially, I think on LinkedIn, there's a setting where folks can say whether they're open to coffee chats or open to mm. informational interviews. She also gave advice regarding the job search for undergraduate students nearing graduation or those who have recently graduated. Never underestimate yourself either, because I okay. think a, something that I have always told myself is, oh, I can't apply for that job. I don't have yeah. this specific skill set yeah. with the job description, mm -hmm. but you never know. Um, even if it's a job that doesn't align with what your background is, if you can somehow mm -hmm. in your cover letter or even just in your interview after you've um, initially applied, if you can tie in mm -hmm. what you've acquired from your program mm -hmm. to what the company's objectives are in mm -hmm. some way. Finally, it is worth noting that searching for a job or pursuing more school after completing one's undergrad does not come without its fair share of rejection, which Anjali sheds light on how to cope with. I think that regardless of how many setbacks in life you have 
Like, if you don't get the job that you thought you wanted, if you don't get into the mm-hmm. school you thought you wanted to go to, yeah. it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Like, there are people in so many different fields who mm-hmm. have such unique ways of getting to those fields. And I really do think that if you want something and you keep working at it, at some point it will happen. Ultimately, being employed as a TA as a graduate student at UCLA is only one stage in the lives of our four interviewees. Completing their graduate degree is simply a stepping stone which will help them pursue their long-term career goals. Anjali and Supraja both intend to apply for medical school after obtaining their Master's of Public Health. Supraja wants to build a medical clinic for the unhoused as a physician, and Anjali plans on becoming an infectious disease doctor working directly with patients. And while Asha initially wanted to pursue physician's assistant school, her experience in the public health department has motivated her to pursue a data analytics career in the county epidemiology department or dive into healthcare consulting. Finally, Chris shared his post-PhD program aspirations of eventually becoming a professor, where he can continue practicing his love for teaching. Regardless of one's academic and career aspirations, it appears from our interviews that becoming a TA offers one the opportunity to obtain both academic and personal fulfillment as one continues to navigate different walks of life. For current undergrads listening to the episode, if you want to learn more about the grad student experience, don't be afraid to ask a TA in one of your own classes. They are always open to talk and eager to help. Bruin 101 is brought to you by The Daily Bruin, UCLA student newspaper. You can listen to the show and others by The Daily Bruin on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And a transcript for the show is available at dailybruin.com. Thank you, everyone, and see you next time.